0: It's 9.30 in 716. It's impeachment story time. For those of you at home, it's time to change the channel, turn down the volume, or hide the kids, put them to bed. Now I yield to Mr. Schiff for Storytime Hour. All right. It was a lighter moment at the end of the impeachment public hearing Wednesday evening as a long day came to a close. But what happened earlier in the day is what made the serious headlines.
2: Donald Trump said, quote, I want nothing. I want nothing. No quid pro quos. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. That's a body slam.
1: He's uh, amended his testimony. Uh, He had, I guess, temporary amnesia when he first testified behind closed doors, and then other information came out, and he's all over the board.
2: You would think that what's coming out, you would think they wouldn't want to hear any more of.
0: And is the tide turning? independents
3: right now in New York are siding a little bit more with Republicans than they are with Democrats on the question of impeachment.
0: I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. As the public hearings continue, we take a look at some of the headlines, the meaning of it, and also some polling that shows an interesting trend in New York state. House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff says Democrats will decide in coming days what response is appropriate after hearing from a dozen witnesses in seven House impeachment hearings. The seventh hearing began Thursday morning with witnesses Fiona Hill, a former White House national security aide, and David Holmes, a foreign service officer serving in Kiev. Democrats are investigating President Trump's dealings in Ukraine, of course, Republicans have argued that Trump did nothing illegal. California Representative Devin Nunez, the top Republican on the panel, said Thursday marks the merciful end of this spectacle. Ambassador Gordon Sondland completed almost six hours of testimony in a hearing that House Intelligence Chair Schiff is calling a seminal moment in our investigation. Representative Devin Nunez, the top Republican on the panel, said there was zero evidence from Sondland's testimony.
2: If this hearing was a television sitcom, it officially jumped the shark yesterday and ought to be canceled.
0: Let's jump in with one of our political go-to guys, Carl Calabrese.
2: But it was very revealing uh, in, in that it, it showed what I would term the, the Iron Triangle of the resistance, which is the Democrats, the, the media, and the permanent bureaucracy. And all three of them showed their hands yesterday and showed how this whole, this whole thing has been choreographed to play out. Let me give you the example. Um, ambassador to the European Union, Ambassador Osandvo, was, or, or was, was termed to be the, the, the guy who was going to get Trump. He had all the bombshells. And they released his 23-page statement in advance. And in there he says, there was a quick a quote. And that then goes on the media. And that's, that's proclaimed all day on radio, television, and, and online print media. Bombshell that got him, they got the quid pro quo. When he actually comes before the committee and under questioning, he admits he has no evidence. He presumed it. And when asked, How did, why did you presume it? He said, well, I, it's from reading media reports and talking to other people in the like bureaucracy. There's two unbiased, reliable sources. So he presumed it. Uh, then when he was asked the question, and by the way, this was a huge mistake by Adam Schiff, who was a prosecutor and should know the, the rule of all litigators that you never ask a witness a question you don't already know the answer to. He asked him about the phone call where Trump was purported to have lost his temper. And Sondland then said, let me quote the president. He was in a bad mood, uh, he lost his temper, and he said the following. Now, quote what the ambassador said, quote, Donald Trump said, quote, I want nothing, I want nothing. No quid pro quos, tell Zelensky to do the right thing. That's a body slam. So now, when he then becomes uh, under questioning from Jim Jordan, the congressman, Jim Jordan says to him, why didn't you include that in your opening statement? You simply said there was a quid pro quo. Why didn't you include that direct conversation with the president? And his answer was, I ran out of room. Are you you kidding me? I ran out of room to, to, to list probably the... The most important statement, the only direct conversation you had with the president, where you 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 talk about that very issue, and the president answers it in, uh, in no uncertain terms, and you don't include it in your written statement. You just saw the iron triangle at work.
0: Wow. So, where is all of this headed?
2: <laughs> well, like I said, it, it, it should be over now. I mean, you know, over the last few days. Um, Representative uh, uh, Stefanic, I think her name is. Elise Stefanic. Stefanik, that's how you pronounce it.
3: She's asked every witness
2: the same series of questions, every single one. Mm-hmm. Were there any quid pro quos? Do you have any evidence of bribery? Do you have any evidence of extortion? Is there anything here that's an impeachable offense? And every single witness has answered those four questions with a no. Every single one. And then yesterday you had the icing on the cake with the ambassador. Quoting Trump saying, I want nothing, no quid pro quo, tells Zelensky to do the right thing. Where are we going with this? I mean, at what point do the American people say, come on, this, this, is, this is a cricket poker game, basically. We've got to leave the table. Well, we know the outcome, right? I mean, it's going to go through the House, go to the Senate, where uh, impeachment uh, likely will not happen as a a vote in the Senate. Uh, That being said, the length of the testimony, uh, more to come today. Today will be the last day this week, but then uh, another week ahead. Uh, Democrats, they they probably have all they need to hear or all they need to put out by now, right? You would think that what's coming out, you would think they wouldn't want to hear any more of. I mean, because, again, every single person has said, I had no first-hand knowledge, I have no evidence, everything is presumed, everything is second and third-hand, I mean, at some point you'd think they would, they would have some embarrassment about their lack of ability to come up with a real case here. Uh, but, you know, apparently they don't, and Adam Schiff is having a great time with his 15 minutes of fame in the spotlight, and I don't think he wants to go away anytime soon. But, but by the way, Brian, there's some interesting thoughts going on about the Senate, uh, initially, it was thought that the Senate Republicans would dismiss this out of hand and not even bring it to a trial. I'm reading now that some Republican uh, senators are thinking maybe we ought to have a trial and maybe a long one because they believe now that the longer this thing goes on, the more it benefits Trump. And they also believe that having a trial would keep six Democrat senators who are running for president off the campaign trail and stuck in Washington during the whole trial. So we'll have to see how that plays
1: wow. out. There's something there for everybody. And I think that's what uh, the Republicans are running with today, that there was this presumption. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people had that presumption.
0: A somewhat different view from Canisius College political science professor, Dr. Kevin Hardwick. Uh,
1: and I thought that uh, perhaps Ambassador Sondland, who got his... Uh, uh, position Because he gave a million dollars to Trump's inaugural committee, which is something, by the way, happens on both sides of the aisle. This is not the first time someone's given a lot of money and gotten an ambassadorship. That's, uh, that, that happens all the time, Democrats and Republicans. But there was, a, there was a marked difference. I mean, uh, the, uh, the career professionals were just that last week there were career professionals, and there were more professionals all around this too I mean there it wasn't just uh, Kent and uh, and Taylor uh, but you know i i I came to appreciate uh, their professionalism when you compare it to you know the guy yesterday who testified who um, probably gave something to both sides. The problem is you know he's he's uh, amended his testimony. Uh, he had, I guess, temporary amnesia when he first testified behind closed doors, and then other information came out, and he's all over the board. I just I just didn't know what to make of him.
0: Well, did you note, though, that he presumed the quid pro quo? Well,
1: yeah, but I mean, that's that, that's true, and, and like I said, there's something there for everybody, and I think that's what uh, the Republicans are running with today, that there was this presumption, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people had that presumption, uh, but I think you know there 's a lot of circumstantial evidence that the Republicans will play on i you know uh, out of all the testimony yesterday, I found the most interesting, probably that which people are talking the least about, and that was a Defense Department assistant secretary last night, Laura Cooper, uh, who you know dropped a bombshell around seven thirty eight o'clock that no one probably saw and that 's that after she testified behind closed doors in a transcript of her testimony. Uh, was released, Uh, some of her staff members saw her testimony and the questions that were being asked, and they said, oh, you know, there were these emails from people in the Ukraine, and there were these discussions we had with them, and they kind of indicate that the people in the Ukraine actually did know that the aid was being held up, or at least they suspected it, which kind of blows a hole in the Republicans' argument that, you know, how can you extort someone when they weren't even aware that they were being extorted? Well, i got to believe that uh, Democrats are scrambling this morning to try to, Uh, look at those emails a lot closer and talk to some of the people who were on the staff of uh, Laura Cooper and, uh, and, you know, perhaps widen this investigation.
0: So how's it all playing? Some interesting data coming in a poll across New York state as the impeachment hearings take hold. 53%
3: of New Yorkers support impeaching and removing president trump from office compared to forty four percent of new yorkers who oppose it
0: steve greenberg with the Siena poll
3: down a little bit from last month last month it was fifty five thirty eight so what's the difference no difference with democrats who overwhelmingly support uh... impeachment and removal no difference with republicans who overwhelmingly oppose impeachment and removal independence made a change last month independents will virtually break even on this question. Right now, by a 22-point margin, 59 to 37%, independents say they oppose impeachment and removal.
2: How has that changed, and uh, would you uh, categorize it as a, a significant shift uh, to the other direction?
3: Well, certainly it was a significant shift among independent voters. Look, we live in a society right now, in a country, in a state, where Democrats believe one thing and Republicans believe another thing. Uh, you know, you watch the impeachment hearings and you listen to Adam Schiff and Devin Nunes and you feel like you're living in two completely different universes. Well, independents right now in New York are siding a little bit more with Republicans than they are with Democrats on the question of impeachment.
0: What about the president's favorability ratings? You always ask about that.
3: Sure, we do. And uh, he he kicked up a few points, but he's still significantly underwater. Right now, 32 percent of New Yorkers say they view Donald Trump favorably. More than twice as many, 65%, view him unfavorably. Last month, he was at 30-67. So a little bit uh, of an uptick, but not very much.
0: To be continued. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.